Hello and welcome to a Stats Bomb Transfers podcast. We've returned. Ted's back from holiday. I'm James York. He's Taker Newson. <laughs> and we're just going to review things, aren't we, Ted? We're going to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, like although a Christmas present. Although it hasn't finished the transfer window, has it? It's just finished. Mostly? It's just finished <laughs> for the ends. Yeah, the, the big spenders are done, i.e. the entire Premier League. And, uh, yeah, plenty, plenty still to go on across Europe and the world. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how many players disappear out of the Premier League between now and then. But for now, the ends are done for the Premier League. And it's quite interesting, isn't it? Where do you want to start, Ted? We're going to start at the bottom. Okay. Well, not... The yeah. bottom. Is it technically the bottom? Well, the way we've got this list set up, it means it's Fulham, because they came up. And um, <laughs> So we're going to start with the big spenders, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, massive spending Fulham. And they did, really, didn't they? They've... they've Strengthened throughout their well, their spine really. Morton hey, centre back. Big spender, spend a little time. I should, uh, yeah. I should Sorry. add that Ted's jet lagged. So, oh uh, man, we we are loopy. Uh, uh, my entire family was up at about one last night, from like one to four. So yeah, we're doing great on this uh, eight hours from the Pacific time zone back to the UK. Anyway, um, so Sari, uh, as as Mo said in his uh. Our analysis of this ages ago, some serious business in Jean-Michel Serri from Nice, um, flagged up a year before as a potential uh, possible recruit for Arsenal and a number of other places. I think that might have been agent, but like I'm pretty sure that Barcelona actually looked fairly closely at him at one point. Uh, didn't go there, stayed an extra year at Nice, a little bit on the back of a, a knee injury. Uh, how? What do you think? <clears throat> well, this is the thing. He was highly touted to go to take your pick club a year ago his 16-17 season was very impressive as was Nice's 16-17 season how much of that is related we're not really sure um, but yeah, to land at Fulham that's, that's a coup surely to, to get yeah. him in there well, well done Fulham, Fulham Fulham quite interesting um, so so Sari obviously well I, I mean I think he's very good um, progressive midfielder moves the ball can dribble not much on the defensive side, and people were asking me about that, like regarding Arsenal last year. You think he would uh, make a difference in a lot of ways, and I was like, no, this isn't actually what they need. Um, and then, like, this isn't actually what Fulham needed directly either. So this is the the tricky thing about coming up in the Championship. Uh, you've got a, a squad, <clears throat> and Fulham squad were actually very good. Uh, Tom Kearney, one of the best passing midfielders in in England, to be totally honest with you, um, Fulham kept hold of him for uh, a push for uh, a promotion push and and did very well but you know he's he's excellent and and you don't often come up with a midfielder that that is that good like Aaron Moy probably not quite that good but similar for Huddersfield the year before um, and so they had Kearney and they they wanted to to one add a little bit of depth but really to upgrade their their starting 11 Seri does that um, but not only does Seri do that the next guy that they bought on the on the transfer list was actually more important in uh, Zambo, Andre Zambo Anguisa from from Marseille. Like this guy is a defensive monster, at least in the numbers. Right. So this, is, I mean, this is it. And then, like, when, you know, Mitrovic, if they locked down their centre forward, Morse, I think Mawson was a perfectly serviceable, like Premier League centre back, even though Swansea weren't great last season. And then there's bunch of loads of loans too. They've, they've got loans. They've got maxed out their Premier League loans too. There, one from Dortmund, one from Sevilla, one from Atletico. It's just, 
an absolute swamp of players have arrived at, at Fulham, and it'll be interesting to see how they blend them all in. But so, so basically, I think the way that, that they might have looked at it is saying, okay, we have maybe four or five members of our starting eleven that are good enough for the Premier League to like be mm. like you know mid table or above Premier League, and let's go get guys that that we think can improve us. So like Cessignon is is probably there. Like he's right at the the cusp. He's one of the best young attackers and used to be young fullbacks in England. Um, we've got Kearney. And then from there, you're like, well, I don't know. Um, Mitrovic, who was on loan last year and really powered their second half, uh, we looked at him at Brentford coming out of the Belgian League, and he was the best forward of his type um, coming out of the out of Europe. Like the best young guy, I think he was 21 years old. For a big man forward, he was by far like the standout guy. And you know, it depends on what you think of the the Belgian League and how you translate it. But when he went to Newcastle, we're like, well, that's a really interesting buy. Um, thinking that Newcastle were like fairly sharp, possibly you know statistically progressive, and then you find out what a mess they are behind the scenes. Like, oh well, that was a bit lucky. Um, but but Mitro, you know, I think Slavisa Djokanovic kind of turned him the right way because it, the issue with him is that you know the reports say that he's fairly crazy, that he's very difficult to handle. Uh, we know his history of red cards, etc. So Mitro's like another great buy. So between Zabo, Seri, and and Mitrovic, like you have. Very strong purchases. Moss and I think also I agree with you. Like you know, a solid, um, at least average center back, if if not slightly better than that. Also good on set pieces. Uh, set pieces for years were Fulham's Achilles' heel. Uh, they they gave up like just floods of goals for for multiple seasons when they were struggling in the championship. Uh, I think uh, Chukanovic improved them there. And then yeah, like the the dudes, right? So Callum Chambers, pretty good. Vieto, I think, you know, was looking for a new start. Uh, got him off of Atletico Madrid. You, you look at the level of cha- uh, talent here. Sergio Rico, um, again, you know, goalkeeper, often a, a questionable one. Uh, Fosu Mensa also is a right back. That's like right back depth, but he probably got some promises of playing time. What do you think of this? Did they do well? It looks like a Premier League team to me. Like yeah. you, you just look go through those signs and you just think like yeah this this is what you'd expect. I mean even on even Andre Schiller's only twenty seven unbelievable you know even even whatever's left been of good Andre Schiller. <laughs> I know good for three years. I know and that's that's <laughs> why you don't mind it being alone so much because you're not and hopefully you're not on the hook for. Well, well exactly you, you haven't you haven't bought like the the last two or three years of his contract. You're only mm. getting like this year. You're like yeah that's fine. And, and it, I think. Possibly the most incredible, impressive piece of business they did this summer was getting an actual fee for David Button. (laughs) (laughs) That's good money, that is. That's Brighton. We'll get to Brighton soon. We've talked about David Button on this podcast before. Like his time at Brentford, uh, (laughs) the amount of kicks into touch was uh, impressive. Right, we got we got a lot of teams to get through, Ted. We can't. can't, Oh right, we can't dwell. But (laughs) you know, we 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 started with one of the biggest spending teams in in. in the league, so like you know, we're in an okay spot, and I think your team is going to take a really long time as well. So you're probably right. We should That's we should point. speed up. We've only got 19 teams to go through. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Cardiff now. Now I've just said that <laughs> I've just said that Fulham look like they kind of look like a Premier League team with all those signings, and now I'm looking at Cardiff, and they kind of look like a Championship team with their signings uh, because they've basically signed out of the Championship. It, it, it looked like Fulham totally retooled for next season in the championship you're exactly right i'm <laughs> looking at this and like yeah so they bought championship players cool mm, yeah it's it's, it's <laughs> interesting i mean no, nobody expects anything from cardiff and you know may, maybe they're they're shrewd enough to understand that uh they got the absolute most out of out of their season last year and there's no point maybe there's no point just going all in and 
spending a fortune. You know, for Wolves and Fulham have both got heavy backing and gone that way. But you know, the the pragmatists. I think this is this is partly how Burnley became slightly more yep. stable because yep. they did they didn't lose the plot every time they came up and, and you know they went down at least once, but possibly twice. I can't recall. But um, yeah, just by being you know keeping the same philosophy throughout that whatever happens if we're in the Premier League if we're in the Championship it doesn't matter because we haven't like blown millions and spoilt next season kind of thing you have to remember that this isn't the first time that Vincent Tan has done this either right mm. like you know Cardiff came up before and um, you know kind of retooled but it was expensive and this time it looks like they've mostly stabilised they bought some some sort of like middle tier talent guys that are definitely good enough for the, the championship um, yeah I I mean, I don't hate this, especially given what Wolves and Fulham did. Like this, the league this year, woo! You know, yeah. there there are some teams that are going back down, and and one of those might even be, you know, one of the teams we'll get to eventually. Um, but I think that's a different podcast. We're just going to stick to the the transfers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's <laughs> two teams coming out spending a fortune makes the makes the league look deeper than usual, especially after losing a couple of teams that we might have been surprised about. Um, yep. I, I don't really know. I can't really offer too much opinions on Murphy or Reed. They're two bigger signings, but you know, it's it's like I say, it just looks kind of like a solidifying, risk-free effort. So we could possibly move past Cardiff if you'd like. But I, I think to. they're they're fine signings for the championship. They're sort of cusp of the Premier League um, signings. They're not unlike Fulham. They don't really move you into that middle tier. That's my no. my be. But then that's it. You know, basically Cardiff's aim is seventeenth, and that's. That's what they should aim for. If they get that, good luck to them. On to Wolves. I mean... More big money. There's a lot of fun going on here, isn't there? I mean, yeah, half, all these Portuguese players. What was it? One, two, three, at least four, maybe more Portuguese <laughs> added in. Yeah, again, we look, we, these look like good players, by and large. Um, Still on the fence about Adama, but yeah. Very much, I I know I understand that. Like he had a, a good spell at the end of last season at Middlesbrough, and actually finally got some some output going to go along with his eight dribbles a game or whatever the hell he he comes up with um, from Tony Pulis. Yeah, um, the the whole thing with him is whether is whether something's clicked. I remember seeing a, there was a clip on YouTube about like uh, Troy's, you know, he's developed output or something, and. Uh, he very he ripped through defence and then very slightly overweighted the pass, and I think that bit was was the bit that people hadn't really picked up on. They were just happy that he'd ripped through defence and made sure. a pass. But it was just that's that's the that's the bottom line with Troy. You know, if he, if he can actually make that final pass reliably and at this level, um, if he can get if you find him at that level and he can reach that level, which I think is still in doubt, um, then you may have a hell of a player, and it's probably. It's probably worth a risk, at least as an option. At least as an option at this level. But yeah, I mean, it's fine as long as you think you can develop talent. And actually, I think the Nuno Nuno probably can do that and has a history of, of doing that as well. Um, they have some some interesting names in here too. Uh, so like Traore is in there, Diego Jota, who helped power them up and who clearly looked like a Champions League player yeah. uh, before he came over. Um, Willie Bully, who I think was like a finalist in uh, X Factor, um, but from Porto, <laughs> and uh, and Ruben Vinegar. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. This is just you know name watch. Uh, we liked Johnny Johnny Castro. Um, yeah. 
thought he was a quite a good signing. Um, the type why, of signing via Atletico, some odd deal deal going on there. He's, he's landed at Atletico and got loaned straight out. But an odd deal with Wolves. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I just it just struck me that he uh, and yeah, <laughs> Benikafobi's deal was a little odd as well. He arrived and departed quickly. It's fine. This is just you know, it's just. It's just business. Don't worry it's about like, these things. It's like me when I'm invited to a house party. Arrived and departed quickly. Um, <laughs> Den Donker, I think, is is one to flag up. I've, I've, he's been rumored for a move for quite a while. And kind of as this uh, this threesome of, of sort of like good young midfielders, uh, Dennis Preit, um Who's the guy who went to Monaco? Or was that Prate? Uh, and then Den Donker. And I think Den Donker, like I've been waiting for multiple seasons for somebody to make a mistake on him and I think the, the Wolves might have done it I, I don't think he's very good <clears throat> I don't think he's good enough to, to particularly like succeed in this league um, Rui Patricio you know free transfer uh, as, a, as a goalkeeper from the the absolute insanity that happened at Sporting is, uh, is another funky one I think just looking at this though you know they've bought a lot of players they haven't spent exorbitant amounts of cash though. I think you know if, you, if you'd have just yeah sorry let's, let's no. not go there yeah, alright alright rumoured fees yeah don't worry don't worry let's move on quickly but general general thing I mean everyone said it like the one thing that, that was a bit surprising was flogging Barry Douglas to Leeds but everyone said it they've made probably enough signings to have a, at least a good good um, first team whether they've quite got the depth there um, to like kick on quite as highly as people think they might, that'll probably be the the crux of the issue as to whether they are. And that's another podcast that half. we promised to do. <clears throat> Enough on wolves. Where are we at now? The Mark Hughes project. That it's, it's not supposed to be called that. I'm sure. Like <laughs> this was never the the end result of the the Southampton project. It does feel like it's diverted somewhere. Um, that said, these transfers fit their kind of general modus operandi of pre-peak youngish kind of types um, maybe <laughs> and I don't know they, they, they've, got, they've gone to Basel to buy Mohamed El Yunusi Yannick Vestergaard off Gladbach yeah they, they, they look like Southampton signings to me uh, 10 million for Angus Gunfeld like a, a good set well a good price for Man City and then Stuart Armstrong out of Celtic. I mean, they've bought out. They've bought out of Celtic before. They bought. I mean, where did Mane come from? He came from Celtic, didn't they? But they've gone to the kind of Austria, Switzerland kind of axis before. And uh, they buy. They buy centre backs quite regularly, I think. Um, well, they sell centre backs too. Right. Very Fonte. true. <laughs> yeah, Fonte uh, went and Van Dijk went. So <laughs> I was going to say, so some guy went to Liverpool. Can't remember his name. <laughs> but yeah, so they must have had a few quid. Like burning a hole. They haven't gone wild here, and they they sold Tadic, but and for a big fee to Ajax for like an, a big Ajax fee, but it's still like not a huge amount of money. So really, they're trying to stabilize Ings on loan. The question is like whether they've, you know, there are two questions here. One, did they underperform last year? Did they get unlucky? And two, do these signings sort of move the needle so that they're back in that that sort of middle of the pack? And the problem with the middle of the pack argument in the Premier League now is just that the everything from from sixth on down is middle of the pack. Mm. Like, <clears throat> and <clears throat> you know, you if you took the traditional view of like big clubs and everything like that, you would find over the last five years there've been a lot of big clubs that got relegated. 
uh, Aston Villa being one, Sunderland, Newcastle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, like you know, West Ham even before that, the clubs that we consider traditional Premier League clubs, plenty of those have been relegated and, and shipped on out. Stoke like became a traditional Premier League club, really big, spent big, back in the Championship now. So mm. it, it's almost as if. You know, anybody can be relegated outside of like the really big tier clubs. Um, maybe even top seven if you include Everton. Um, although there's a chance, there's always a chance. Yeah. Uh, so you know, do these move the needle? I really like Elianusi. We we loved him. We nearly signed him at, at Brentford. We were like very close. Um, Vestergaard is a big fee for a big centre back, but you know, I don't know. Uh, that's that's what I'll say. And can Danny Ings become? A player again. Yeah, you know what? I mean, they've got four, four play, five players here. It's still, I don't know. You feel like you'd like one or two more. Don't know. <laughs> and I think well, that's and, and the question is, can can Hughes coach him up? And I think that's that's a big question too. It, it's quite funny. I was I was thinking about this kind of tier of manager, and and Hughes has kind of been like perfectly average Premier League manager over over his career. And uh, and we were talking about variance and like why do you care about variance and how much luck is there in a 38 game season? And I just came back to the fact that Alan Pardew finished fifth with Newcastle. <laughs> that it's just it's just like always the the point that I'm like Alan Pardew finished fifth at Newcastle. It like, can't can happen. <laughs> it's um Alan Pardew who's done like almost nothing good since that like had a, had a had a spike. Um, and then you know on the on the general manager or director football side, and we'll get to them in a bit. But you know, Leicester won. Leicester won the league. Yeah. It happens. There's always yeah. I mean, I I think Southampton will be generally fine. But there's there's not a not a big kind of wow factor about their signings. Ings Ings for a potential twenty million with at twenty six as well, and off back of a long in you know spell of injuries. Um, Would you have made that deal? No. No. But no, I wouldn't. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> twenty-two maybe, but twenty-six and with injuries. Mm, no, I wouldn't. Anyway, uh, well, let's go to a team that are not traditional. And uh, well, actually, if you if you went to the furthest extent of this, they are traditional in that they like won the league three times in like nineteen twenty-nine, <laughs> yeah. somewhere around that. But Huddersfield, who who managed to stay up, who managed to to keep their claws in the Premier League for the big money for an extra year. And they added names, and they well, they added they added names on the list, not names anybody would know. What have they done? Have they converted? They've converted loans, by the looks of it, to me. Um, yep. at least a, a couple of them, and then so- well, Sobey's coming. Try before and, you buy. Who who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, and no, I guess that's the, that's the smart smart play from a uh, team coming up to some regard. You know, if, <laughs> get a few loans if they work out convert them and then you know try and do it again and again age profile on these looks pretty decent and there's not too many too many wild ones um Selby's someone who didn't really probably didn't get as much playing time as he wanted at Stoke it's interesting they've gone for him again he's still very young uh, the Egyptian winger but yeah apart from that they haven't haven't made it feels like they're just kind of going to go again with what they had last year and Egyptian wingers are hot these days though <laughs> well, yeah, there's always there's always the chance that one goes supernova, uh, but possibly not this one. Two monocle players, uh, mm. interesting there. Um, Tom Ince and, and outgoing the perpetual outgoing Tom Ince uh, back to the the championship in Stoke. He's just championship standard, isn't he? He always does okay when he's in the championship. He, he's good he? at the championship. Yep, mm. it's funny. Uh, it's one of those kind of players that's just at that level. 
Eric Durham's an interesting one on here. Uh, 26-year-old from, from Dortmund, looked like he was almost good enough to, to sort of be the next Germany um, you know, right back of the future, but injuries just crushed his career. Uh, he can never stay healthy. Um, so like that's a name that people know. Bakuna is a name people know, but not this Bakuna. <laughs> <laughs> no, true. <laughs> Juninho Bakuna, also out of out of Groningen, young central midfielder. So yeah, I mean, look, Huddersfield are just they're giving themselves a chance, but they know what they are. Like they know their identity, they know what they're trying to do, they know that there's always like a risk that they're going to go down any particular year. And uh, and they're kind of living the dream at the moment while trying to make sure that they they get talent to develop and and potentially talent to to sell on in the future. Like this is a very sensible set of yeah. business. Plan. Yeah, again, quietly like 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 Cardiff, it feels like this this win this window is accepting of the risk of potential relegation whilst not overreaching, which you know that is a very kind of sensible way of dealing with things. But it does mean that you are at risk of relegation. <laughs> Brighton. Also at risk of relegation, I guess so. But they've 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 spent a little more freely than um than before, I think. Well, they did bring bring a few players in last last summer. Interesting names on their list. They're, we they're, they're we like signings. their names. They're, these are good names. Like not names that that would be good for like general fans, but names that are good for people that have been paying attention to the stats for a while. Well, I think yeah, this is it. Like both Jahanbach and Basuma are interesting signings, and and. You could probably peg the Brighton's probably a good level to find out how good these players are, really, because Bernardo's a good signing too. Right, I don't he, know he, too he, much about him. To be well, honest, he's Leipzig and and a left back and like those two combinations still twenty three. Um, Nico's actually so Nico's is our our scout. The uh, I believe he's the lead technical scout at Statsbomb, and he quite likes Bernardo. Uh, of this list, I also like Endone, uh, Florian Endone or Andone. Um, so we saw you. Fans, general fans might have seen him at Euros when he was actually quite dominant in the air against a French team, a big French team, uh, in, in the Euros, uh, I believe it's for Romania, yeah. right? Um, and I looked at him, we looked at him back at Brentford and thought he was going to move at like age 22, I think maybe out of Segunda at the time, has been a very good forward in Segunda, looked look like he's, he's a, a handle, a tough to handle package for like defenders, and uh and he never quite moved. And uh, I felt this this deal like would have happened two years ago, even three years ago. And uh, nobody picked up on him. Now he's uh, at Brighton, and Brighton are kind of also that. <laughs> Brighton are also that team where like you know everything that we looked at at Brentford two and three years ago, like they've actually sort of signed. Like Johan Box, uh, we, we pushed so hard for Michelin to bring him on, and now he's at Brighton. And uh, who's the the big tall Dutch forward they brought over from PSV? Oh uh, God! Yeah, I know you. Mean. Uh, Locadia, Jurgen Locadia. So they brought him over. Uh, gross. It, it helps to have money, apparently. Very, very useful. I've I've heard that that rumor. So they have a they have a good squad. Um, the I think the tough part for them. They also have a really quite big squad too. David Pruper still there. Um, Dale Stevens, Norwood. Like they they have loans that they need to get out. Uh, Sally March is still there. Sally March looked like the, a star of the future and also had some injury problems. So, like, this is a, an interesting combination of, of players. Like, Hemed and Glenn Murray, probably too old. Uh, Percy Tao, possibly one for the, the future. Who knows? Like, if, if they make Percy Tao into somebody, like, impressively good, like, that'll be exciting. Um, yeah. I, we'll, we'll talk about their, 
the we have another podcast where we're going to go through and we'll we'll talk about where we see everybody in the league. But I think they're a complicated case, um, not least because of who coaches them. I like the fact that it feels like they're, they're, they're buying players off their own lists. You know what I mean? Yes. They're, they're doing their, they're doing their own thing, and they, they have their, their own drummer, well. their own beat. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, and you can kind of root for that in a in a general way. And obviously, they probably do look at the odd stat now and then. Well, let's let's go to a team that's this hard to root for often unless you're from there Watford like Wat- Watford of the like basically they have the the spinal tap exploding drummer as uh, as their manager like every year it changes sometimes it changes multiple times in the same year um, their talent buys are complicated like often they seem agent led uh, or just like out of nowhere but like usually on the other end of the age curve often often a bit older this year it doesn't seem like they've done that like the the incomings have been young and it feels quiet as well, doesn't it? Yeah, they have. They've bought a handful of young players. Uh, what was it? Dillo Dillofeo's been, I think, made permanent. Messina from Bologna. Sema from Ostersund. It's hard one, this, isn't it? Normally you expect a raft of players in for Watford. I can see. I think I can see now why some of the predictions and some of the betting things are a bit down on them because it just doesn't feel like they've... Uh, they've made big moves. Obviously, you know, Richarlison arrived last summer and he was... A, not an entire unknown, but probably unknown to, you know, this end of the world. But, you know, I don't necessarily see what they've done here. I guess Seymour will naturally replace Richarlison, but... I, I think I think Paul Merson's sad about Nordin Amrabat going out. I think that was the... <laughs> After his fine season last year, yeah. Oh, Sorry, I, I couldn't couldn't leave that. Um, I actually think the this window might be better than most of their past windows. There's less. Well, there's less. Just throw as much at it as possible going on, isn't there? There's. A, <laughs> there's a but I think the the odds move is is largely based off of everybody else. Like right. when when two of the championship clubs that come up are really good, and then and then make themselves even better. Like that has to move the needle for someone like a uh, uh, a Watford, and also a team that like have been at risk of relegation in recent times again, despite spending money is our next team in, in West Ham. Now, what do you think of West Ham summer? It's a real mixed bag. But, like, for the first time in a long time, there's ones I like on there, which is good. Like, I like Ryan Fredericks on a free. I like Felipe Anderson as a player, and it was big fee. But, you know, I, I wouldn't really bat an eyelid at someone someone signing him. Again, another player that you think could have landed at a larger club. Um, obviously, for reasons unknown, he hasn't. He's... He's here at West Ham. Issa Diop, I'm, I don't know a lot about, but a young centre-back. Yarmolenko. Flappy Hansky. Yeah, well, he's 33, but he's good. So, yeah. you know, you've got him him or Adrian rather than him or uh, Adrian or Hart this season. That's, yeah, that, that's better. don't have Joe Hart anymore. That's uh, an upgrade. Lucas Perez is, a, you know, for four million off Arsenal. That's, that's, that's you know, fee fee age, is, it's okay. You know, if it was a large fee, you'd say no. If it's four million, it's it's pennies i don't know uh, he's that. he's quite talented and yeah. can play multiple positions um i thought he might have gotten a, a look at arsenal but i guess it's just too busy there and he you know arsenal might have ruined the relationship because of not playing him in the past and then the very confusingly named fabian balbuena not to be confused with the <laughs> matthew valbuena who, who's the opposite in stature <clears throat> he's a yeah. center back out of uh, out of brazil right yeah, that's an interesting one. That. I don't know him, but you know, <laughs> we'll see on that. Again, not a big fee. So, mm. and then you have stuff like Yarmolenko, 
who, who was an odd signing for Dortmund last season, and I guess he was a panic buy at Dortmund, and then they mm. were absolutely delighted to sell him on to somebody else. Okay, that's pretty much defined that in one sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah don't, 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 don't do that one. Carlos Sanchez, Carlos Sanchez just defensive stability. He is, he's not young. And fighty Jack Wilshire for free. Ah, right, yeah. And Jordan Hugo right back down to the championship. No, yeah, well, I'm not going to... Mm. <laughs> I was not, not hot on that deal last January, and it's interesting that it's... That's just interesting. Yeah, so it's a real mixed bag, isn't it? I mean, you, you feel like they've 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 improved... It's a mixed bag with more positive than negative, which is good for West Ham. I mean, yes. this is a—it's like a twelve-step routine. You get to the next step, and then maybe you can get to the next one. Wow! Did you just say that, like, you know, West Ham's transfers is like being uh, in AA? Is that what you? <laughs> it was—it just came to mind. This have, is a have trouble. Faith, <laughs> have faith, West Ham fans. Have faith. <laughs> one day will come out the other end. I—I I mean no harm. It's. Uh, but yes, it, it, it's interesting. Wilshire's, if they can just get, I don't know, Wilshire, Wilshire, he wasn't, didn't pull up any trees at Bournemouth, and he doesn't pull up any trees back at Arsenal. So, and, and he seems, over time, he seems to have lost his attacking um, side of his game. So he's kind of prods around in the midfield. I mean, yeah, I mean, you feel like West Ham's, again, it's like a test case for, is this player this good anymore? Put him oh, at man, West Ham. Like, <clears throat> Wilshire is like the best Arsenal fan test case. They, I, I've had so many Arsenal fans when I'm like really quite down on him and, and unimpressed, and they're like, "You have no idea what you're doing. You don't watch football. This and that. If you can't see how good Jack Wilshere is, then you don't deserve to work in football." And I was like, "Wow, that's a that's a really strong opinion." Man. Yeah, like I mean, there are there are a lot of people who are bad in football, and like I'm I'm below that because I don't rate Jack Wilshere. I mean, let's be honest, Arsenal have made a hard pass on him they, and they didn't need to if they didn't want to but they did that it's true that and tells it tells a story to me but there are a lot of reasons behind it um yeah mm -hmm. there's stuff <laughs> there's always stuff that will never ever hit the papers and and there, there are stories about wilshire that you know cannot be told but I, I think that probably contributed to to arsenal's um you know final choice but like the bigger thing is just performance and you know, Jack had like a good two month run and a good two month run out of the entire season. It was impressive that he got to run, but you know, to be out there most of the season, you know, off and on. But he wasn't a difference maker, and I think that's kind of what they were looking for in midfield. And you know, we'll see what happens at West Ham. Maybe he can resurrect that. Onwards, onwards. So we don't actually hate West Ham's transfers. So that's good. Right, Bournemouth. Yes. What do you think about Bournemouth? So I don't know enough about Jefferson Lerma to have a strong opinion. No. Um, and then we've got Harry Arder outgoing on loan. Um, yeah, uh, David Brooks, who did like uh, good young talent, Sheffield United, uh, and Diego Rico. So like, actually quite a quiet um, window for Bournemouth. Those fees for those two players out of the Spanish league just, just stand out to me as being rather large... I knew I you were going to say that. Out. I hope I, they I work out. I knew you were going to mention it. You know, I, I didn't want to. didn't want to go there, but I figured you'd uh, you'd sort of slide that in there. I think this is a way that we judge transfers, right? Like, what is the fee? Does it make sense? Did you pay too much? If Jefferson Lerma is, hmm, if Jefferson Lerma is supposed to be like a high output defensive midfielder like uh, Zambo, he does not profile like that. And so the number attached to that 
does not make any sense to me. And I think that that I'm I'm kind of in the same camp as you. There's a thread on Twitter this morning about Levante um, and uh, about the Spanish league and where they're at with transfers. I can't remember whose it was, but it came up on my on my timeline. And uh, Levante, it was, it, it was like they've, they've bought six players. They're looking to sign more. It's, it just feels like it's Christmas down at Levante. They've banked this huge fee and they've gone out and retooled their entire team. And and do you do you ever want to be Santa Claus unless you're someone like uh, Real Madrid? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope these signings work out. I hope they're they're super sharp. And they do need something in defensive midfield. That's that's the most like. You know, challenging part of Bournemouth's entire setup, um, especially since they often play a two, right? Mm, yeah, you need really need, you know, your kind of do everything guy in there, and they haven't necessarily kind of uh, set up like that, as in playing Jack Wilshire for uh, much of a season as one of those two. Um, I, I heard a rumor that at one point Naby Keita was suggested to them. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, before he would have been like Liverpool purchased Naby Keita, he was. Uh, he was, hey, this guy might be good enough to play in a, in midfield too. What might have been? Bloody hell, Ted. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, the, the sliding doors <coughs> element of football transfers. Yeah. Um, I think Bournemouth, I mean, Bournemouth are risky. Their, their style will always get them points. Um, and the fact that they're more attacking than your average clogging <laughs> bottom of the league team. But I still think there's a little bit of risk and they possibly haven't done enough in this transfer window to to really change their expectation. I like Brooks is fine. I like you know he's, he 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 looks okay last season at Sheffield United and for 10 million quid for a 20 year old promising young um young player that's that's fine. The other two Yeah, I we'll I think that they're another team that kind of like sits on that that sort of precipice. Uh but on the other hand like Eddie Howe gets some gets some points and and they get points yeah, the the first half of last year was really they really suffered from the attacking side. They looked like they they tried to become Sean Dyche, and I think that because Howe's style is sort of offbeat for like the traditional English style, like that's served him very well uh, in the past. But I think it served him well against teams that you know, were kind of often beatable. And and the question in the Premier League this year more than any other, like because it feels like a lot of the recruitment's gone a bit better, uh, is like. Yeah. How many beatable teams are there? Yeah, and Crystal Palace last year. You know, if 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 you, if you give the entire league a head start where you don't score a goal for what was it seven matches or something like that, yeah. and then Palace just like rocket back up to the middle of the table, and this is Palace. Like this is Palace under under Roy at that point. Like that's you know that that's a <laughs> that that's basically it feels like your average team this year almost. So mm. yeah, that that's going to be interesting. And Bournemouth have done well, but. We'll see how, how the next season goes. Um, but those transfers this year don't help them. Like, Brooks is for the future, maybe as a, as a late sub. Uh, Diego Rico and, and Jefferson Lerma especially, like, the prices attached to these guys don't seem to make that much sense. But, you know, we could be wrong, too. Absolutely. And, you know, remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. And that's the part of the beauty of transfers, isn't it? There's an art to it. And uh, everyone has a different appreciation of art. So, so Crystal, Palace, Crystal Palace are like um, Tottenham Light this year. It feels like they've had a quiet one, haven't they? It's like they've uh, they one of the teams that maybe forgot the window was shutting early. You could say. Um, uh, well, I think the reason behind it is they've been really quite strapped, right? Like they right. they haven't had any money for a while. They've had to pay off coaches. Um, 
Uh, speaking of coaches, like Damon, De- Damon Delaney, it looks like he's gone for a free, uh, not quite retired, back to back to Ireland. Uh, he was rumored as as one of the guys that that sort of helped axe, um, <laughs> despite being in the last year of his contract, helped oh, axe yeah, the, the Frank DeBoer year. Um, Johan Kabai also on a free, so like they they invested in the, in, in Kabai and didn't get anything back out of him. He's gone to Al Nasser, um, and then the incoming. So. Would you want to be a Cheikh Kuyate buyer? Not really, but it's probably. I mean, it's probably. Just, it feels like just a holding purchase, doesn't it? You know, that twenty-eight, ten million. Mm. I guess they had to get so, someone who could play there. To, <laughs> he, he's he's not. He's not Kabai, is he? But you know, it's it's someone that someone that can kind of fit into that into that midfield. Max um, Myers listed as an attacking midfielder on transfer market, but really he played as a as a defensive midfielder last year. He he was also another one that was rumored to be at the the top end of the market, and and just everybody passed him by. Twenty two year old, like you know, we kind of have been following him quite closely because we follow a lot of Schalke guys, and he never never quite made sense. But it, it feels like Crystal Palace is is a good place for him to land. Like he should get more playing time, and it's about his level. You feel like Palace have got the right end of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a mild coup, I think, to, to land him. I mean, obviously, they've probably paid good wages and that coming on a free because that was clearly the strategy to, to to come through. But, you know, you wouldn't expect him to, to have landed at Palace. He has. That tells you if, a little story if he about works the Premier out, If he works out, then they can sell him on to someplace bigger for, like, a good profit. If he doesn't yeah. work out, then they can sell him back to Germany for, like, basically neutral. Yeah. Uh, Guaita had been rumored coming for a while. I think that was a, a, a deal that was supposed to happen in January and didn't. Um, okay. So, like, they've, they've added a goalkeeper. And then they've added an IU. Um, I never know how I should feel <laughs> about adding an IU these days. <laughs> the revolving door IUs of, uh, of <laughs> Palace and Swansea. Yeah. I guess, yeah, he's... he's he, I guess he's fine. I think, well, I mean, not to divert too far, he always came up quite well and um when we started looking at the pressure data, you're someone who puts in a lot of running and a lot of work at mm. the field. So, you know, maybe that's a, a stylistic thing. Who's they got Benteke and Soloff as well? So, you know, forward-wise, they've got options in that regard. Yeah, and, and some, some very physical options. I think IU gives them a slightly different um, element. Uh, I feel like the, about the IUs, uh, you know, the hello, Ant or Deck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, are you Jordan or Andre? I'm, I don't know. Um, <laughs> just all the IUs and, and they're here in England which is also amazing you're like well, it's, Andre's gone somewhere else now hasn't he he's gone I can't remember it might be Turkey but it, the IU diaspora extends anyway let's go to another very confusing club Newcastle oh god Newcastle. what to say about Newcastle I mean no money allegedly no support hasn't sold it was rumoured to be selling it but it was quite funny. There was this battle in the media back in the, the January, February era of um, about the offer. And uh, Amanda Stavely, I think, is her name. Mm-hmm. Like, big time was the one that, that brokered the city deal. And you know, they are tough negotiators. And she's like, yeah, okay, this is the offer. You can take it or leave it. It's like, no, I want $400 million. It's like, well, here you go, 250 cash. This is our, our adjusted offer. And Ashley's just like, nah. And let's be fair. Mike Ashley's very, very rich. But like, it's like, why would a really rich person sort of put this on themselves? You know, why would they continue to deal with this thing that they've totally ruined and not get rid of it? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, like, he's still there. Uh, but so is Rafa. <laughs> I think, the, yeah, I mean, 
I haven't got too much to say about their transfers, to be honest. But Raf Rafa is is the the key to their season, really. If he wandered off at some point, then you'd, you'd fear for them a lot more than uh, than otherwise. Um, what have we actually got? Rondon swap. Rondon swap for um, oh God, Dale. Uh, loan swap or something. I thought Gale was fine for them last last season, and, and you know he didn't necessarily score a ton of goals, but he's another kind of hard-working forward type. Rondon. He, he's a different. great championship goal scorer. Yeah. Um, I think Rondon. It's interesting. They're same age too. I. Rondon's a guy that we sort of looked at. Uh, he was one of the first stats guys I looked at because I remember looking at Malaga and yeah, being, yeah. "Wow, there's this amazing young kid at Malaga," yeah. and he goes into into Russia for a while and. We kind of have our own rule, like never buy players from Russia, but he's one that kind of came back and you're like, oh, it could be interesting. And he's fine, but nothing better than fine. Fu- Rondon's funny, right? Yeah, I, I looked at this not all that long ago. I was looking at old seasons or something. It was like, let's 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 look for exciting young players. And I just left the season filter on, and it was, I've, you know, forgot to <laughs> forgot to filter it down to recently. And there were these ancient Malaga Rondon seasons, and he was like, bloody hell, yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was quite surprised because you know that's not what he turned out to be. He turned out to be more of a kind of, well, uh, I guess under Pulis everyone's a kind of poachy heady type. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just that's not what I saw, you saw in the numbers in, in the so, early days. Anyway. So there is some promise that like West Brom Rondon doesn't have to be like you know end result Rondon. Uh, yeah, maybe there's more. Yeah. <laughs> like Joselu, I think Joselu's not great, and so like they need some somebody else. He's a fairly safe. Um, one of the things you never really want to do, though, is to be the team that like sells probably the best two players without replacing them, right? Like selling Mitrovic and selling Marino, really quite odd. And and those are two guys that you look at and you're like, man, those are really good talents and, <laughs> and young talents that should be exactly what you should be buying, not selling. <laughs> All right, how about Shanson Mbemba to Porto? If Porto want to buy your players, there's <laughs> <laughs> another one. <laughs> Are they thinking they can flip them for five times the price in a year? Uh, yeah, I don't know, but yeah. It's but the other the other thing that they they sold, and I think this one is is also like incredibly confusing, is they they sold Adam Armstrong and not just sold him, but sold him to Blackburn. Like Adam Armstrong when he was at Coventry, his Coventry season, I think he was 18, and he lit League One on fire. Like he looked incredibly good then. Um, he's, he's been sort of shipped around and, and bounced a bit, but like this is a, still a 21-year-old English center forward that is at Blackburn right now. Like, who who didn't want him? What did the the potential deals look like? And and why did Newcastle sell him? You know, they, this is a guy that, that should be their future. Like, so why is he why is he gone? I think is Kennedy still there? He's there on that rest of another year's loan. He's not on our list here, but no, yeah, I, I think that's he, fine. I think they converted him outright, didn't they? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I can't remember. I think he's, I think he's alone. But yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's okay. fine. I don't know much about Yoshinori Mutu from Mainz for ten so, million up front. <laughs> Muto, Muto was a guy that, that profiled like very interestingly um, in the data, at least in the first half of the season. Um, we'll see how how he does as well. I mean, it's it's not bad, and and really most of it comes down to Rafa. Like you think Rafa can make any sort of middling squad, you know, safe, and and that's probably what he's going to do, but. You do feel bad for for Newcastle fans at a certain point. Like the Georgies don't really deserve this. Yeah, and if if you go back to the point where you know they they made most of their signings out of France and bought a lot of interesting players and you know looked like they were quite creative in the transfer market, it, that feels like a long time ago. Right, Leicester, Leicester, 
Right, well, there's one player on the list I'm not even going to try and pronounce because he's got three umlauts in his name. But, <laughs> but, but otherwise, I mean, they're, they're, they're looking, he's, they've spent quite a few quid here. Madison, I like a lot. Madison quite like. He's good, I, good player, I, I good really age. like Lester's window. Uh, Gazal's the one that I'm kind of most on the fence about. Mm. But Madison I like. The fee's a, a, a big fee, but you're paying a big fee for possibly the best young player in the championship last year and, and a guy that can really open up uh, defenses, which is fairly important for them. Uh, Ricardo Pereira, I absolutely love. He should have gone to Tottenham. I don't know why he didn't. Like, Why did they screw that up a year ago, and why is he now at Leicester? They bought Sergio Aurier, who is reliable. No laugh? Sure. No. <laughs> uh, the, the, I, I was just flashing back to like the, the Sissoko Aurier right side, and I was like, yeah, that's... Uh, Reliable word for it. Tough guys, that's what we say about them. So, uh, so Yongsu, yep. Chaglar Soyuncu, uh, Soyuncu uh, out of out of Freiburg was rumored as a potential bigger club. Don't know if that's agent based or not. Um, Benkovic, I know nothing about, but they've bought two young centre backs as, as possibly for the future, and brought in Johnny Evans too. So, like centre backs seem to be a big area of focus. Uh, I think Ford, I, go on. I think I was surprised that Johnny Evans was just thirty, which makes his signing. Like feel like a perfect stopgap for you know trying to evolve their Maguire plus whoever and you know with a couple of young like say young centre backs that's that's fine that's good yeah and they needed to move on past the the old guard right like West Morgan yeah. is is positively ancient at this point uh, outgoings Riyad Mahrez for a large fee uh, so that's a bit of Santa Claus like Man City you know played the here's here's a sack of money gift. And uh, and Leicester decided to to reinvest that in, in, a, in a cadre of young players. Um, Gazal, I think, is the one I'm kind of most on the fence about. But like, really, you know, you're kind of you needed a mover, a guy that that could potentially be dynamic. He wasn't super dynamic last year at Monaco, kind of fell off. But the year before his contract year uh, was expiring at Lyon, he looked amazing and the question is like whether that was like the particular set of talents at Leon that helped him look amazing or whether he's capable of that mm. um, so it's, it's not a bad one especially yeah, 12.6 for a wide forward um, isn't isn't bad at all and I think he can he can also defend fairly well he can he, he presses uh, reasonably well so if they wanted that that's that's a decent buy I like Lester's window I think it's good I'd just like to pass a quick comment on the outs because it feels like they've had a, a few misses here uh, like I mean Ahmed Musa they've done well to get their what looks like getting their money back basically on him which is which is fine but you know didn't work um Slimani's off on loan again I mean that was 30 million quid when he was 28 and you know they got kind of bits of a season out of him and then he was off off to Newcastle for half a season now he's off again um who else is there yeah Kaputska's just just hasn't worked but again still a young player out on loan maybe he's got a future but and, uh, if man, I were Paris Mendy I would, I would love to buy Kaputska um, we we looked at him when he was 18, and he, we couldn't afford him as he goes to Leicester. So that was a confusing one, especially with like they've changed managers a bunch. Like, what do they see? What do they not see? Ujoa um, to Pachuca. Uh, so he he was sort of a long-serving member. Uh, Huth, I didn't realize that like Huth had basically retired, but that was part of that old guard as well. Um, Dragovic. So yeah. Dragovic was brought in on loan. Like I know some backstory on Dragovic, and he was like the dumbest buy possible at Leverkusen at the time because he was like a slow centre back under Schmidt uh, on, on a team that was crying out for pace. Uh, and then he's kind of moved around a bit now, 27. Uh, but like I think 
I agree with you. This the outgoings is you know they kind of have to wash them. You know, they, you get rid of them. This is it. They had their reputation built from the you know the Maris Conte Vardy era. Then they made a few weaker signings and it, they didn't hit. Feels like this window they're pointing in the right direction. It looks as though they they've kind of like stabilised again and possibly have got their mojo back. Well, you know we'll see once the once they all start playing football. Which is well, Harvey Barnes has been. Been loaned to West Brom, and he was actually one of the also like a, a hugely dynamic uh, young wide forward last season uh, at Barnsley in the Championship. Mm. Um, I just people at Barnsley like rave about him. They thought he was possibly their best player, and then he was taken back from that loan. And yeah. So like he's the type of kid that you know, is you know you talk about these teams and the, the academies and developing players for the future. He is a potential player for the future uh, if you're performing that well on. That type of team, you know, you a year or two from now, you could definitely be in the Premier League. Can you be top six? No, but you know, can you be on the cusp of a, a Leicester team next year after a good loan? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, he plays a bunch of West Brom. He's well, he's already scored a blinding goal in the first week. He might have scored again. I'm not sure, but he, he, yeah, he's he's already doing okay at West Brom. In his, he's you know, real good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's no more. No more giving players away. Right. <laughs> Everton. What the hell? Everton? The mixed bag. All right. I'm, all I'm going to say is they didn't sign anyone, I don't think, over the age of 25, and that's a good thing. You can take over. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> Ashley Williams to Stoke. Um, loaned out, sure. Uh... Uh. <laughs> they've signed loads of players much like last year but the, this year they've actually got the age profile idea and not signed a bunch of old players um, I think that that is the biggest difference in the Premier League this year and we've talked about age curves for quite a while and I know that teams listen to us like yeah, it's not us being big headed like they, they literally tell us this. <laughs> so like we and then whether they tell you or not like we just know that, that this is occurring um so like teams have kind of cottoned on a little bit, uh, but also like Everton bought really old last year, and mm-hmm. so they had to reinvest. Like you don't have a choice; you can't just always buy old unless you're West Ham, I guess. Um, and they didn't do that this year either. So the I had heard something behind the scenes uh, saying that surprisingly a lot of the Everton stuff is agent backed, and that would explain a lot of the messiness <laughs> behind the move. <laughs> that would explain three players from Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, maybe that too. I like one of those players. All right. Well, I know it's, it's not Andre Gomez. Could be there. One you of the go, other ones. Jay. <laughs> yeah. well, this this is the this is the absolutely the epitome of the Andre Gomez experiment, right? So he's yeah, definitely yeah, not absolutely. good for Barcelona. And we said this, and I said this very publicly, and I said this is an absolutely stupid price for this player that is clearly not good enough for this team. Um, and I say a lot of things publicly, and and most of them seem to work out for the positives. And when they don't, I end up giving presentations about why I was an idiot in the past, <laughs> um, <laughs> which which happened at GSM this year. Uh, Lucas Dinier, eh? Like why? What's the point? Like why are you getting a 25 year old short left back? Other than the fact that you know Leighton Baines is old, and, uh, and 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 the 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 heirs to the Leighton Baines throne have have never worked out. Like Everton are actually a left back factory, but for the championships. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Dini, I, I don't doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, fine, you're buying average players for an average team. That's not really what you're going for. Uh, Yerimina, I like, uh, and and not least I like it because like the things that I could do with Yerimina on set pieces are filthy. 
Um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to. this is a, a mature <laughs> podcast a for mature audiences. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mate Yerimina, but I only saw him at the World Cup, so I'm not going to pretend I, I, I like I know a hell of a lot about him. But James is terrified about small small sample size World no, Cup. You, you, you feel like you feel like you know he was he was someone that did come out of the World Cup with a positive reputation. He However. I would never endorse that as as being the the, the start and the finish of your your process. Uh, not, not just for <laughs> Colombia, he was good in Colombia as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird that I guess well maybe he just doesn't fit Barcelona's style. There's there's an idea that he he can be turned quite quite easily and whatever. Richarlison, I think that was that's Richarlison's the kind of he's kind of signing Ferguson used to make for Man United just like mm. someone, someone who has someone who had uh, something about them in, in a smaller team and Ferguson would bring him in and you'd be like oh, why has he brought him and then they'd, they'd come good I, I've, I'm okay with that Mike wrote something on the site didn't he and it was about how how he felt about that deal and he's an Everton fan so he's <laughs> you know kind of bound to have it was interesting it was interesting what Silva did with uh, with Richarlison last year like he basically um, Richarlison can play centre forward but I think physically he creates huge mismatch problems for um, for both fullbacks and and center backs. He's too big and too fast um, and too strong to like for any one particular player to to handle him. Even even at the top tier of the Premier League, there there aren't that many center backs that can that can really like deal with him that well. So he'd leave him kind of in the in that half space on the left, and then and force teams to deal with them and, and basically they'd take a lot of attention so that they'd be able to shift back to the center. Or he'd get isolated, and, and if he gets isolated, he's going to terrorize you. Uh, so that's what he did last year. I think that that's probably pretty good this year. I wouldn't necessarily swap him for Adamola Lookman, who, who does similar things, but might even have like a higher ceiling. Like That's that's what seems to have happened, and, and that's not great, in my opinion. But you know, it's it's a big fee. We we know kind of why it's a big fee for the most part. Like you know, he young player, 21 years old, probably going to be. Possibly a future Brazilian international. Richarlison and and Yerry Mina, I think I like. I don't necessarily like the full fee on Mina, but you know the market's the market, so whatever. Uh, you guys talked me around on Bernard, so you have an opinion, then, and I think it probably makes well, sense. I, 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 you know, I can't say I've seen, I've seen much of him since since that's before he went to uh, Shakhtar when we saw a little bit of him in international tournaments and stuff. But just on a free, I mean, it's, it's he's probably on very big wages, but I don't know. I, I just feel like he's he's probably fine and a bit like Max Meyer you know on a free these players he's not old he's only 25 you know you, you can you can experiment a little bit with the, these kind of deals and you know you're probably not going to lose out like I say if it, if it doesn't settle or you know it doesn't work out then you, you will be able to flip him I, I think he's you know he's okay I thought um, I thought he was two years older to be totally honest uh, so. <laughs> that changes things <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm alright with this I guess uh, yeah this is it's all right, and is he a fixed left-sided player? Though? We've got a lot of left-sided players that have just come in anyway. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, like, let's. What do we think of this window, though? And and also, like, the cleanup at Everton is it's a toxic waste dump of of like bad transfers and bad contracts and old players and all sorts of things. 
It feels like they haven't really got through that. I think, I can't remember what I read, someone said they had, was it 41 pros or something? They've got some insane amount of, like, professionals on their, on their books at the moment. So we could well see a, a fair few loans going out in the next two weeks or so. But this, this was always going to be the case after last year. I'm, I think I'm genuinely surprised that they've gone out and spent reasonably large amounts of money this, this summer, even though they probably needed to. Um, just purely because, you know, the, Oh, it's, it's like a sinkhole at the moment, Everton, for players. And trying to all, trying just trying to organise this squad and build it into something tangible that can work as like you know a Premier League team with aspirations of transitioning from seventh, eighth place upwards. It's just so much to do. I think. I agree. No, I. It's so we often <laughs> say like when I talk to teams and the front office, I'm like, look, if you. If you want to change this into sort of like fighting shape and get most teams anyway and get rid of a lot of the dross, like it takes you three three full um, summer transfer windows. It takes you two plus the Januarys, but like if you're not big January, like you need three years, well three summers to to churn, so two full years. And they're gonna, it's gonna take a while. Um, big baby Zuma, who knows? Um, he's not a bad loan, but like if if that's the loan fee, you're like. <gasps> You know, seven, mm-hmm. seven million loan fee versus like what could you spend on somebody else like as a as an investment? That's a down payment on on a pretty good player. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Silva is is probably pretty good. Everton's squad is probably pretty good. Uh, we'll talk in the next podcast. I, I did a poll a poll on this, and I'm not going to spoil any of it. But we'll talk in the next podcast as to whether Everton, Wolves, or Fulham are the are likely to be the the team at, at the top of that trio, uh, trio at the end of the season. That'll be a fun one to ponder. It'll be Burnley. Anyway, um, Ooh. we haven't got to Burnley yet, have we? Oh, here they are. Here's Burnley. What That's because we're going in reverse order and they finished above them. Unbelievable. Right, so ben Gibson, ben Gibson is the most Burnley transfer that I could imagine for this summer. <laughs> That's fine, and they did it. That's what they've gone for. And even twenty-five-year-old English centre back, like pretty good pedigree, played for Middlesbrough. Tony Pulis, the Deshaun Dyche, there you go. Even Vidra, you know, the 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 basically the is good in the Championship striker. <laughs> if, come on, you can think bigger, Bernie. You can think bigger, but you know you don't have to just fend off uh, fend off relegation. You can maybe do more. Maybe do well, more fend uh, off relegation. Vidra's. Vidra's foreign, but has been in this country for for ages. So I guess mm. he's uh, he's sort of proven. And then, do they know that Joe Hart uh, spent some time in Italy? Man, that's just it's just fascinating, isn't it? To, this I mean, this is a great data test. I love this. This is the best data test that I could imagine. We really want him to get some minutes, don't we? Just to just to see just to see you know is it is it is it a Burnley factor? And suddenly Joe Hart is Joe Hart's parrying everything, and he's back in the England team before you know it. Thanks to Thanks to his sensational season at Burnley. Or Joe Hart's 31 and he's not the same keeper he was when he was 24 or 25. Well, we'll that's, that's like a great question too. Like it's, if it's if it's Hart that's thinking this way, it's very canny, right? <laughs> if you're Joe Hart, you want to You're like, I want to get back in the English national team. Where can I do that? There's no place that produces like, you know, more talented goalkeepers than Burnley. And you're like, you know, there might be something in that. <laughs> It's worth a try, isn't it? It'll be interesting. I mean, they've got three. They, I mean, Joe Hart's got the reputation. Um, Pope and Heaton have got, um, you know, good form in in, in the team. It, it really, who's who they end up starting with? If they all end up fit at some point, it'll be. It's quite the conundrum, I guess. 
but we'll see. But yeah, they haven't really. They basically haven't done a lot this this year, I guess. They finished seventh, right? What do they yeah, need to improve? This is it. I mean, as we'll learn in a minute, there's absolutely no reason whatsoever to make transfers. Moving upwards, we're nearly there. Moving Ars- on. Ars- Arsenal, Ted, Arsenal. Uh, uh, do we do we have to? Right, I'm just going to say, they signed Torreira and Leno as their two biggest price signings and then didn't start them against City. Idiots. No, no, that's mean. But anyway. <laughs> we haven't got the Spurs yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, uh, I like... <clears throat> this is kind of a weird... It's another mixed bag. Um, I like Torreira a lot. That's a good signing. Yes, and we kind of liked Gondosi, uh, especially for the age profile. Um we we looked at him and like oh this kid's rumored like that's very intriguing um, so like don't think that those are bad signings he's he's already in like one one game and a bit of preseason looks like a looks like a deal doesn't he it, you know I mean, it's that's... it's the hair <laughs> everybody <laughs> overestimates people with like crazy good hair <laughs> he's very visible that guy the one with the hair <laughs> he's everywhere so Leno and Socrates are other people's um. I, I, garbage is too much, but other people's not so good players that have landed at Everton. Like Socrates, there's no way I signed him at this at this point in his career. You yeah. just called Arsenal Everton. Oh, sorry. No, uh, that that feels revealing. <laughs> <laughs> that feels relevant. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just, uh, my Freudian my relationship slip. my relationship with Arsenal has been complex recently. <laughs> um, as a fan, uh, so. So Torreira, Gendozi, good. Blicksteiner makes sense despite the fact that like there is no more hateable player, and now he's like my asshole at the end of his career. Uh, he's like really good for a long time. Actually, I, I meant to mention earlier, but somebody signed Fabian Schar, who I thought was like a pretty decent signing. As, yeah, Newcastle. Uh, yeah, he's as, someone that's kind of floated around for years, isn't he? And it's, he's he's finally landed. He's, he's always been pretty good. Blicksteiner's been very good for a long time, but he just is. If he's on the other team, you will hate him, and we saw that in the first game. And if he's on your team, he's like your asshole. And and Arsenal could use some of those guys. Um, Leno's not good. I, he might be a better passer than Petr Cech. Petr Cech's also not good at this point in his career. Um, you know, more power to him. He's, this is a guy who's had a great career, but the game wants him to do things that he can't do now. And I think that's a it just happens for some players. Like it's it's sort of it's sort of past him now, and you can feel it. Like when he's on the ball, it's not comfortable, and it should be. Uh, so that's that's kind of the the perspective that I have on on all of those. Like Leno and Socrates are are not signings I would make. They're not cheap either. Um, Arsenal can afford it, but like Socrates in, in place of Chambers, I don't know. The thing with Czech is like he's thirty six. He literally yeah. came through. With like Mourinho's first Chelsea team. Yes. This is you know this is this is eons ago. It's, you know it's you, you, like you say you can't even blame him for it, but like the world has changed hugely, and you know a lot of the, the way the top teams play has changed hugely. You know to go back to then, but yeah, he's still Arsenal's starting keeper. Apparently, this this guy is is a serial winner and has been for a really long time. And and Czech was brought in as like stability and a guy who was good enough to continue to be you know the the number one for a couple of years and then someone else was supposed to take over and that's not really what happened and so Arsenal are in this spot where they're again 
trying to to find some talent. And the the post Wenger years and transition is gonna be a transition. You know, like mm-hmm. re- remember everybody, they started at sixth and they finished sixth for two years in a row. So like that's really kind of what you're looking at with these guys. They're not gonna be worse than sixth probably. It might take a while for them to gel, but you know, in in order to get back in the top four, they might have an outside chance this year. But it's going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of work. Possibly a little bit more work than they've actually done here, isn't it? And then you know, they're not. I suppose they're on the hook for a few quid, but you know, they could have probably they could have made a stronger statement in this window, perhaps, and maybe just signed more players that you like the look of. Or I like to look, or anyone likes to look of, and that didn't quite happen. Right. Meanwhile, who signed players that you like the look of? Well, Chelsea to a degree, they did. Two, two of those players I like. Rob, Robert Green's. Oh, so here, this is this is actually a great point, kids. If you want a long career in <laughs> the Premier League and be, you want to get English. paid, be an English goalkeeper. <laughs> Seriously, just be an English goalkeeper because everybody needs them, and you're going to fill a squad spot that uh, you know Champions League clubs will need. So you'll get like a really nice long wage, and um, yeah, you can be f- 38 years old. They'll never want you to play, but they need you on the bench in the Champions League. I tell you what, this is a random thought from my from ancient history, way way before like your your time or whatever. But the Mike Hooper always used to be Liverpool's second. Like who's Liverpool's second choice keeper? Bruce Grobler literally played every game in those days. And Mike Hooper, he was there for years, like a decade or something. And you'd see him about he played about 12 games in 10 years or something. But <laughs> exactly that, you know, some some things never change. Anyway, it's very aspirational for us. We're, we're talking to the youngsters, giving them, giving them real advice on their on their footballing careers. Right, Jorginho, that's a good signing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've lost it. <laughs> Jorginho coming in, <laughs> hold it together, man. Hold it together. Jorginho's an excellent signing, and uh, desperately, especially with a manager. You know, look, you go and sit in midfield and tell everyone else what to do. Boom, done. He's he's tremendous. He he should have moved his to City, he should have moved before this. Um, <laughs> it was pretty obvious. Uh, thankfully, he didn't move to City. He moved to Chelsea. And what's interesting with Chelsea is like their their talent's good. Um, not necessarily how they deploy their talent, but their talent level is is quite good. So like adding a Jorginho to a midfield that needed a, a sort of a, a little bit of a retool. They they went awry with Bakayoko last year. It didn't work out. He's on loan at Milan, I think this year. Um, Kovacic also is like an outstanding signing. People are questioning where the goals are going to come from, but like these guys are going to pass you to death. Uh, and Kadi's going to clean up at the back. Um, and they do have like good forwards. I, Mishi's out on loan again. I, Mishi's, I guess, never going to play at Chelsea, but he's a hell of a player at Valencia. So for my si- for my sins, I've placed a small wager on Morata to be top scorer. Purely because, like, someone's got to score the goals. And let's just hope he gets the season in and uh, gets his confidence back. Yay, confidence. So, so there's a, <laughs> a... Well, I mean, he kind of made the story about it. Like, we tend to avoid it, but, uh, you know, when, when the player's saying that, you're like, well, the journalists are obviously right. What do, what do we know? <laughs> um, it's a shame Kovacic isn't, isn't a loan to permanent. I think it's just a loan, isn't it? So Yeah. But then Madrid... I mean, I don't know. I just don't know how they treated him, really. I mean, sure, it's hard to get into the Madrid midfield. I get that, but you know, they obviously don't want to quit on him entirely, and have just Chelsea deserved this. 
Speaking of loans that aren't permanent, screw you, Chelsea. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> they've, they've, they've kept Tammy around, um, which I think is, well, we think they so kept Tammy far. around. Man, yeah. it would be really stupid to loan Tammy back to the championship again this year. Like, maybe a, a good team in Europe would make sense, but I think that, that he should play, and he's the type of player that I think could really sort of learn and thrive under Sorry, Like, he, he his career kind of deserves this at this time, and I hope he stays. A bit like, you know, Pep and... Um, Sterling year one and Sane as well. Like you, you give sorry a chance with these guys, and hopefully his his English is good enough to to be able to to coach them well, or he's got like good translation behind it. But I think that that it should go pretty well. So like Chelsea, Chelsea are better than you might have feared, especially given how late they started to move. Uh, we're gonna talk. We're not gonna talk about Kepa this time. Uh, it's gonna come out in an article later this week on the new goalkeeper model. So be excited. Maybe. A lot of money for a goalkeeper. Anyway, Liverpool, who also spent a lot of money for a goalkeeper. Um, do probably do they ever do anything that. wrong now? This must be really lot, painful for you. It comes to something when, like, Shaqiri's, like, your kind of, like, chancy one, and he was so cheap it didn't matter, really. <laughs> you know, Fabinho, um, I guess, we usually lost Chan and obviously Chamberlain I mean it's interesting they lost Chan so obviously you needed a central midfielder Keita was always coming um, and then Oxley Chamberlain going out and, I, and again the more I look at statistics about Liverpool last season the more I see Alex Oxley Chamberlain everywhere yeah. doing well so it's Ox fascinating so it's fascinating that um, you've got like it's almost as if <laughs> you know Fabinho looks like he could be a Chan replacement or even a Henson long term replacement and then but Cater might have to just be like look you're just going to have to be Alex Osley Chamberlain which Ted we think he could probably do hit that level we think yeah as, as much as I like Ox <laughs> I think Cater's probably a, a fairly significant upgrade the the the, hmm. the problem that teams are going to have playing Liverpool is they're so fucking fast like, <laughs> seriously pace is going to kill people and they are explosive, and they're going to press you at times, and it's going to create free goals, and uh, you know it's it's an underrated thing. And and Liverpool are a bit slow at it, it, it positions last year, and this year they probably aren't. And Ox actually, you know, part of Ox's thing is like he just is explosive and is able to to press people, and he's just a physically gifted player. Unfortunately, his body often like breaks down because of that. But Keita and Fabinho also tremendously physically gifted and and really really good signings. Allison also looks to be a really good signing. We don't have the, all of the Syria data, but look at the point that we do have it. We'll we'll produce another goalkeeper analysis on Allison, and it'll be interesting to compare him and Keita and Courtois and and all these guys. Yeah, you get you get the feeling that you know Allison is is fine. Goalkeeper analysis always tricky, but you. You you don't intuitively have an issue with with um, that as a signing, especially when it's such an obvious uh, position for Liverpool to upgrade yeah, on. Hugely. You know. So so the thing that Liverpool are doing are identifying the best players that they can in the market, and they're doing a good job of it, in our opinion. And we've been told that we're really good at this. Um, and then they sign them. Like it's, it's, it's one thing to just identify them. It's another thing to to sign them and bring them in. And whatever you think the you know, the fees these days. Like they can afford it. They're selling on players like Coutinho for a bazillion, and they reinvest really well. Um, it's it's interesting to do the other end of this though, because like, you know we kind of gave some other teams a hard time about their their outgoings and their chaff uh, from like past windows. Like Origi and, and Markovic clearly have not worked out for them, and 
you know, the question is where did those guys land? Markovic is a big write-off. He's he's basically turned into a nothing player uh, from yeah, twenty million fee something like that. Yeah. Uh, Chan outgoing on a free like that was a good signing on a free, and he just went on a free again. This is a guy whose agent has done a masterful job in making sure this kid gets paid. Um, yeah, very much so. Well, you know, credit to him. Ings. Um, you probably wasn't. He was mostly a depth forward signing and also an English signing. So for for Champions League purposes, um, that's one thing that, that Liverpool have to be like fairly careful about. But they've got some. They've got like Alexander Arnold that came in and went to their first team. So like very useful for them. Uh, but yeah, like if you when you're going out in the market and finding the best possible players, you still have to have good English players uh, for the the squad quotas. Um, but Ings is now at Southampton. So, yeah, I mean, they've, they've got their own write-offs, but those were mostly from you know, four years ago, uh, or three, four years ago. And these yeah. ones look, look great. Right, so, yeah, Liverpool, you know, from this distance, looked like they had pot- potentially, maybe, the best window. Tottenham! So, uh, if you're just joining us on the Supersize Stats Bomb Transfer Podcast, we are now talking about Spurs' incredibly busy window and james is going to give us a blow-by-blow breakdown of how that went well (laughs) you could have just left for silence if you wanted to that would be fine not that i know anything i think they wanted to sign i I mean i said this in the podcast two three times over the summer i think they tried to sign jack Grealish, and then the new villa owners turned up and they were like nope we're not selling any players because we are the big boys and we're not signing players and that was that and then i don't know nothing happened um, nothing. It's the fascinating. Nothing it's fascinating, really, to think. I don't think it, it necessarily. The only old players uh, Spurs have got are Larice, who's probably still fine. Vertonghen, who's probably still fine, and Dembele, who's got a year left on his contract and may cross the point of no return by leaving on a free next summer, which is <laughs> you know, doesn't happen at Tottenham very often. Um, they're the old players. There's only three of them. It's not like you know you. you 99% of teams you say look you should keep turning over your squad and you should keep bringing in new talent and yes you should and yes Tottenham should and yes they haven't but it possibly won't actually impact them that much in the short term um, so Tottenham the, have stuck on 18 for me like the, the playing, playing Premier League Blackjack the, they've got 18 yeah, the dealer has yeah. like you know a, a high end hand that, that he's the head and there you go Pochettino's good at developing talent. Um, yeah, that's it. Like they didn't bring in anybody. It's gonna they're gonna suffer a bit. Like haven't brought on any extra young talent. It's gonna cost them. But this is what you got. So there you go. That's what annoys me. Like uh, it's been a year and they haven't signed a single potential. You know, where's 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 a 21 year old future star? The you know future star. If you're gonna actually play this game and like compete with the teams above you, the richer teams. Then you need to be making like reasonably. There's a thing that Arsenal didn't do for so long, which was it was make buy Torreira, buy Gunduzi, and see it, how you end up. I loved and, it. it. It served us really well. I recommend it for Spurs fans. Like you should do this every every window. <laughs> but that's what annoys me. I, I can understand <laughs> not not buying. You know, not being frustrated at the prices or and trying to build a bloody stadium as well, which has had no impact on transfers whatsoever, apparently. Anyway, um, yeah, they they won't be able to do this again and get away with it. And you don't want to piss off your manager too much. And he's he's making all the right noises. He's being nice about it. So presumably he's not that annoyed. He controls things, right? That's that's the scuttlebutt. 
a large input towards it, I think, and that's probably part of it. If he can't see someone, you know, if he, if he doesn't feel like a player is going to add to the team or add to the depth, then he's possibly not interested. Central midfield's the one. Dyer plus one. Uh, the one is either Wanyama, Winks, or Dembele. Each of all's had each of which has had injury problems. You wanted them to sign Kovacic or someone just to go in there and be the starter and that will be the long term thing but anyway so, so the right way to do this is to do it like Liverpool did which is to to take a strong manager but to back him up with a strong recruitment team that is able to go out and really evaluate talent and bring in unusual ideas and say tell us what you want here's the the best five that we can find for you which one of these works let's go buy that and, and Spurs should still have the money for, to be able to do that so that's the right way and then there's what Spurs did. I think we can move on. We've talked a lot about no transfers just there. <laughs> but interestingly, I think Man United, who we're coming to next, are in a similar situation because um, they bought Fred for a large fee. They bought Diego Dallo, Dallo, Dallo from Porto for a Diogo. large fee. Diogo Sorry, Dallo. Diogo. For you know, a very young right back and presumably has potential. And and who are the two teams in the top six where managers are, are like having possibly the most influence positively or negatively towards transfers it's probably Tottenham and Man United and there seems to be an impasse <laughs> that uh, took place at Man United insofar as nah, they didn't want to go out and buy more centre-backs or more ageing centre-backs for, so for City fans uh, I'll just warn you you don't have to listen to the rest of this because like, we're not going to talk about them uh, the, you, know, you guys enjoy your title and possibly your next title and having the best team in the world Manchester United are really interesting <laughs> really, really. Um, you know, you, you're in year three of Mourinho. Always uh, a bad year for the most part. They gave him an extension last year. And when I flagged this up as why and what, Man United fans were like, oh, yeah, we love Mourinho. This is this is great. Like, glad to keep him around. Who else are we going to get? I'm like, well, Thomas Tuchel for one. Sorry would have been really fucking interesting. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm tired. So like mature language is warning at the end of the <laughs> Um, but like you get to Man United and you're like, all right, well things don't look great from the outside, and it's the end of a World Cup year, so like a lot of Man United players were at the World Cup. Everybody's uh, you know a little fatigued. They they come back later, uh, but this combination has, has created something really toxic to the point that that Ed Woodward or someone you know tasked by Ed Woodward gave a brief to the the press on exactly what's going on and that brief uh, went to Daniel Taylor who's like usually like the best mouthpiece he's a great journalist but like the best mouthpiece for like man united stuff and it was very clear and we don't agree with what Mourinho wants. We don't think that we think that he's a very short-term individual, especially at this time. Um, our priorities in squad building, you know, do not align with him. And and basically, it says that you know we're going to fire him as soon as we get the opportunity, uh, but it's not going to happen right now. And and best enjoy your season, everybody. It's yeah. I mean, <laughs> the reading between the lines bit of all that was uh, was uh, yeah. Didn't make pretty reading at all, did it? And the thing is, as we well know, they had a real up season off what looked like mediocre kind of metrics last year. So yeah. the chances are, you know, on balance, anything can happen. You know, we're not saying for sure, but on balance, you'd imagine they'd they'd drop a little bit this season. And even even our model up. that takes into account sort of like the defensive positioning stuff, like still thinks the the David De Gea is awesome and. 
but we don't know how sustainable Awesome is at that level, and it needs to be really sustainable. Um, you know, Pogba coming back, having confidence. It's it's really. I mean, I enjoy seeing United struggle because like for so long they did so well, and they you know, they were like the rivals in the in the top era of. Uh, of, of Arsenal, and then that was a really long time ago. And Chelsea came in, and then it was just United and Chelsea beating the pants off of us. Um, but yeah, this is a where. Yeah, we won't get to that this podcast. But where United gonna end up is uh, is a hell of a question. Um, don't forget, United fans. Last time that Jose Mourinho struggled in this type of season with the club, they finished like tenth, right? Yeah, and the other thing was he he clung on. Yeah, exactly. He, that dude ain't walking. No, you you are gonna pay him. You're gonna pay him everything, and you're gonna have to fire him. Yeah, you, you know, I think you could have probably, uh, you could have probably removed Mourinho from Chelsea in probably about October uh, that season, based on performance. Um, possibly a little bit of grace because of his reputation, titles, and such. You know, made made him land a little longer. I think it was December by the time he got he went, and by that point the season was gone. So, so all of this lends context to the transfer window. Uh, Dalot, I think, is fine. Lee Grant, another English goalkeeper. Du, 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 du. <laughs> um, and, and finally get Fred. And people keep asking me, hey, can you talk more about Fred? Man, I don't know anything. Like, we don't know much or anything about Shakhtar guys. They, there's No one has has useful yeah. data. It's not a great league to, to play in, to, to compare guys against. So they spent a huge fee on, basically, Fernandinho Mark II. And, and we'll see how it works out. Ted, if you could just watch 38 Shakhtar games as prep for this podcast, please. <laughs> I, I'm going to give that to Nikos and, and see what he has to say. This is this is where I get to delegate, right? <laughs> All right. And on that note, everybody, we have capped our epic transfer rundown um, with some, some sort of interesting lead-ins to what will be another podcast this week where we talk about how we break down the Premier League, strengths and weaknesses. We haven't talked about United squad. We just talked about that window. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to realign all of this. Uh, yeah, we, we might not talk about City that much, but everybody else is, is pretty interesting. This is a great transfer, uh, well, a great Premier League season. And was it a good transfer window? It was a short transfer window. And I think Whew. people didn't <laughs> react to it as fast as they needed to in some positions world but cup plus short transfer window means mm. yeah cool all right well thank you so much for listening everybody uh say goodbye james bye james <laughs>